You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Our eternal gratitude coming in hot today for J-Hill Marketing and its new editing house, Bookmark. Bookmark enables you to retain your copyright without sacrificing professional execution and all at a fraction of the cost of what publishers charge because we pass the savings on to you. To learn more about Bookmark, head over to jhillmark.com slash bookmark. Sometimes in this world, you gotta fly solo when you have a podcast that's all about the guests and the experts in the world. But this week, I want to share an important message with you. So this past week, actually, it's about a couple of weeks ago, I was sick and not in a normal, I have two diseases and I'm chronically ill, not in that way. I was sick with a good old garden variety common cold. And I want to say I blame you, Target Cart Handle. (laughs) This floored me. It floored me, you guys. I took an unprecedented two and a half days off. I simply couldn't deal and I couldn't work. That's how sick I was. I posted something to the effect that old me would have muscled through and likely paid the price on the other side of that muscling through. But this new me, which is all about loving myself and accepting what I need in the long term, wasn't hearing the bravado. I wasn't hearing the excuses I would typically use to make depriving myself okay. Without guilt, without any hesitation, I stopped. I stopped the grind. I stopped the wheel from turning. Did you know you can stop? You really can, which is amazing. And we possess this power. We can stop. Did you know you can also stop without guilt. No, I'm not kidding. Yes, it's possible. So I want to talk to you about pacing because to go back to the Facebook post I was talking about, one of my high school friends who was also chronically ill herself, shout out to Liz for being a badass at everything in life. Liz told me that the hardest part about being sick is the pacing. Pacing means how fast you go, yes, but that also includes the speed of zero. Guess what? Whether you are moving one mile per hour or 100, that is pacing. And it's all predicated on how you are feeling. If you are sick every day, then you might face this challenge too. And that's why I want you to listen to this message. In facing this challenge and even being used to a certain level of functioning, While sick, the lines can get blurred. You know what I'm talking about. It's hard to know the difference between the varying degrees of sickness you experience daily. It's also the go-to reaction. Instead of pulling back and protecting yourself, there's likely a multitude of ways that you have conditioned yourself to move forward. While I'm always sick, I'm going to feel this way. Shit has to get done. I have to move forward. I'll do it through these varying degrees of sickness. I know you can relate to this. 
and you know the subsequent emotions that result from what we're talking about today. The triggers and the usual reactions that pop up, the guilt. And whether that guilt originates from inside you or it is external and influences you, it's the same. The anger, you're sick and freaking tired of being sick and freaking tired. And today you are not going to let your conditions get to you. Even if it means you're going to go to bed for the next two weeks after it. You're just, you're done. You're having none of it. There's a sense of unfairness, the fear that other people who are healthy are pulling ahead of you in the race. This is the race that we create in our own mind, by the way. This is the race where we give ourselves that imaginary trophy that doesn't even exist. You are bombarded by these emotions when you are constantly ill because you don't experience sickness normally as other people do. It doesn't come on and you go, okay, something, something is wrong with me today. I need to shut down. You experience it all the time. When you get a garden variety illness on top of it, it can be kind of confusing. So today I want to take a minute and no matter what you are feeling, I want to work on changing that internal chatter in your head. The feeling of being scared or not good enough. I want you to stop and show guilt the door. I did that when I got sick. Completely and totally empowering. And 10 out of 10 would do it again. So let's do a little exercise. I don't even know where this came from. All I know is that when I do this exercise, it really benefits me. It really helps me to move on through these feelings that I create, that I tangle with. It helps me to make intangible feelings into something real. So when I'm dealing with an emotion that I'm having a hard time ridding myself of, I do a little visualization. I imagine as vividly as I can a sunlit-filled room. Now, I know my room is an attic in my mind. I can see the angle of the ceiling, I can see the hardwood floors, and even the grain in the boards. The sunlit floods in and it illuminates sunny patches on the floor. I should say the sunlight, rather. So whatever your room looks like, it should be one that fills you with warmth and comfort. Make that your room. I happen to love spaces where you can curl up in the sun, in the warmth, but your room might be shady, it might be cool. The point is that it's yours. You're traveling into those parts of your mind and your heart where you can pull out what you need to feel good and you are making a room out of those parts of goodness. The bottom line is that there is calmness when you think of your room. So if you're imagining something that's not as calm as you would like it to be, just kind of switch it up a little until you get to that level of calmness. It can go right there and take you from maybe a, a little bit of a heightened state of anxiety into feeling calm. 
once you have decided what your room is going to look like, now put a piece of furniture in that room. I always default to imagining a chest of drawers for some reason. Whatever your piece of furniture is, it should be a heavy, substantial piece. So when you look at it, you can see the weight and the heft. You know it's going to be a challenge if you try to move it. And you are going to try to move it because you don't want it in the room with you. Assign this piece of furniture the emotion that you have about stopping your life for a minute to heal. For me, I battle guilt a lot, of course. I told you that. There are bills to be paid, clients to serve, people who want my attention. My husband, my poor husband, who feels like he's at the back of the line sometimes. And I'm always sick to a degree. I don't know what each day will hold. I don't know if I will be able to go to that thing that we planned. I don't know if I will be able to do that errand or, um, you know, I'll be able to complete my part of the project that we're working on together at home. I don't know these things. And I can do my damnedest to try and plan and make sure that I can show up. And then my diseases will be like, guess what? You're not doing that. You're flaring instead. You're fighting with air hunger right now. So having a cold that took me out at the knees made me a, a little bit philosophical, sure. But the guilt was tremendous after I got over feeling sick. Initially, I was like, I'm way too sick to feel guilty, so everybody go away. But the guilt was tremendous this week. Um, we had just moved. We were living out of boxes. There I was. I can't do shit. He's doing everything. It was really hard to deal with. So my chest of drawers for this exercise is guilt. By making it into a real thing, I can, ex I can asset. I'm sorry. I can assess it from all angles. I can step back from it and regard it from a distance. I can even get distance from it. So I can walk away from it. I can move towards it. I can look at it. I can be objective and not have it be a part of my life. It doesn't have to be that. I know if I'm looking at it, I don't like it. I don't want it in my light and sunny room. Looking at it weighs me down. It has to go. And we get to get rid of it. That's the purpose of this exercise, to restore the calm that we want and return our special place to one we can visit and feel good about and feel good in. So I call the chest of drawers guilt. In my mind, I see it. It's guilt, just not willing to budge on its own. By personifying it or making it tangible, I have compartmentalized it. There's no little tendrils or extra pieces floating around in my mind. It's encapsulated into one piece. Knowing this, it's time to shove this piece of furniture out of the room. It might take you a few pushes, but as you clear this heavy piece out, you are simultaneously clearing your mind. That's the goal of this exercise. Remove what is blocking you. Push it out the door. Put it in the hallway. Drop it off a cliff. It doesn't matter. Just get rid of it. Send it to whatever is outside the door of your room. Wherever you go, 
send it to outside of that place. I like that it takes effort in this vis visualization. I like that I'm seeing myself in the room and I'm pushing this dresser because I am doing the work to get rid of it. And I think that's super, super important. We're doing the work, we're acknowledging that we are doing the work and simultaneously shoving this piece of furniture out of the room while we're also ridding our minds of this emotion that if left alone can be toxic. So boom, it's out. Now we're brushing off our hands. Our guilt, anger, whatever was plaguing us is gone. We can now make a decision about our health and our pacing with no emotion being attached. As soon as that piece of furniture is gone, now it's time to assess your health. You need a clean slate. You need a place of self-acceptance and self-love before you can begin to assess the logistics of your pacing. So I use these parameters that we're gonna talk about in a minute and the questions that I'll share with you to help me decide the pacing. And I've broken this down into four chunks. So here's the first one. If I keep going, this is what I ask myself, if I keep going based on the way I am feeling, if I'm exhausted, have a feeling of general sickness, if I'm fevery or nauseous, etc., if I keep going, will I feel better? And we often know the answer to that question. Just a very simple yes or will I feel better, yes or no? In keeping with this line of question, what do I know will help me get better faster? Is it rest? If I keep going, will I feel better? And what do I know will help me get better faster? Is it rest? It's okay if the answer is rest. It's okay. Answer it honestly. Refuse to beat yourself up for having a human need. Now, if you decided it's rest, do I simply need to take a break for a couple of hours? That's your next question. Start with that and then see how you feel. If you do need the rest, start with that. Start with a couple of hours. Return to how you feel. Then refer to item one. Based on how you are feeling now, what do you need to do to feel better? Do you need more rest? That's okay. You're going to keep returning to the information you have gathered about yourself. So here's an example. I know that there are absolutely deal breaker days for me. I'll get up. I have a hard time walking. My legs will be burning. I'll be very lightheaded. My stomach will be upset. I know if I push myself, I will not feel better. I know I need rest. Great. Life is going to go on. I'll figure stuff out. I need rest. So I'm going to try and take a break for a couple of hours. When those couple of hours is up, I'm going to reassess. And lather, rinse, repeat until you feel you can get on with it. 
that takes you three days or four days, that's what it takes you. So let's move on to item three. What has happened in the past to you and you alone when you pushed it? Did you get sicker and did you lose more time? If this is how you react when you're trying to blaze ahead, pay attention here. When you're trying to, to maintain that hustle that everybody else seems to be taking part in, pay attention here. I knew if I kept going, not only was I going to suffer, my business was going to suffer, my productivity was going to suffer. I was going to be sicker and it would result in me being behind more than a couple of hours. Without choice, I would lose two or more days. When I first got sick and maybe you're in this place, I would lose weeks. So if you know this, what choice to proceed makes sense. And I want you to be in a place where you are deciding this yourself. I don't care what other obligation you have going on. I don't care if you have a soccer game, you have some event at your husband or wife's thing, whatever. I don't care about other people's obligations. So if we were sitting down talking, having coffee, for example, and you said, yeah, but I can't do that because I have this family thing or whatever, that is not even relevant in this scenario. When you are sick, you are going to have to cancel things. Doesn't mean you're never gonna get back out there again. It means that you are making this decision only about you. You are not taking into account any other quote unquote obligation to anyone else. So knowing this and removing all other senses of pressure, tension and things of that nature, what choice to proceed makes sense. And when you disinclude others' activities, you take them out of the picture. You allow yourself to only consider yourself. And that's exactly where you wanna be when you are chronically ill. That's exactly where you wanna be so that you are making that choice. You're not responding to pressure from other people. Oh, but you have to go to this and oh, you're gonna miss this and oh, you missed this last thing. That, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because attending, keeping that particular obligation is going to make you sicker. So we really need to keep that in mind. Number four is super important. Do you have a range in which you normally feel? And in that range, when can you work as you're feeling your everyday sick? So here's an example. If I lose feeling in my legs, and even if I'm a little lightheaded, but it seems to improve when I sit down and put my feet up, then I know I can work. Sometimes when I don't feel well and can't be ambulatory, when I can't move around, then I can work and I even want to. So maybe my legs are just not, they're not being team players. And they haven't done that this week because I way overdid it Saturday. So take heed to that. On the flip side, on the extreme opposite end, I can't function at all when I flare and lose feeling in my throat. 
because it makes me feel like I can't breathe and I have to spend my time calming my body down. I can't work lying down. I can't distract myself from the pain without it being a detriment to my overall health. So I pull the plug and rest as long as I need to. So I want you to work and identify in that range. And it's not so much of sitting down and, and writing it out, unless this helps you. Do whatever helps you. For me, I just take a moment to meditate and say, okay, what is my range? I know I'm at this point here on the opposite end of the spectrum when I'm operating at my very, very best. And then all the way over here on the other end of the pendulum, I'm flat on my back. I can't do anything but close my eyes. My head hurts so bad I can't even watch TV. I know I'm down for the count. What is the range of sickness that you experience? And in that range, when are you able to work? When are you able to function? If I have an event coming up and I have a flare that is seeming to affect my throat or I know it's going to affect my throat because I can feel it coming on, I cannot go to that event, even seated, even in a wheelchair. I can't do it. So everything that we're talking about today has to do with you. It has to do with you being honest and taking the time about how you truly function and what you need. So I hope these, there's more than four questions, but these four chunks that contained various questions helped you. When I'm a little confused and feeling fuzzy on what direction I need to go, they help me to make a solid decision and they help me to have a plan. Now, I don't know about you, but there's something so comforting and reassuring in having a plan. One of the many therapists I saw over the years told me to have a plan and I have never forgotten his advice. You can make a plan for everything in your life. It doesn't mean that the plan will always go according to what you anticipated, but that doesn't actually matter in the moment. The point of the plan is to alleviate anxiety. And you know what I'm gonna tell you, anxiety is gasoline on the fire of chronic illness. We want to eliminate that as much as we can by turning emotions and fears and other blocking elements from our happy places into better things. We want to move those items out of the way. We want to enable ourselves to, without baggage, assess using the four parameters or the four chunks we just talked about so we can arrive at the right decisions for us, not for the family, not for the significant others, not for the kids, not for the parents, not for the events, not for the obligations, for us, which allows us to act offensively to enjoy the best health that we positively can. And this is interesting. When you start living your life this way, you will have more opportunity to enjoy your life because you will begin safeguarding yourself when you start to recognize, I can't go on anymore right now, I need to take a rest, or I need to make a different decision. You're also modeling for other people, and this is important too, you're modeling for other people how you are living your life. So you're saying, I'm making this decision right now, I have to make this decision 
because of how I feel right now and I'm protecting myself and whoever happens to be around me, that's what you need to understand. I am going to, without fail, protect myself and my health and I'm going to communicate. I need this, so I'm giving it to me right now. So you're conditioning other people in the way that you want to be treated at the same time. If anybody comes up and they try and guilt you, oh, you should really go to this, people will be disappointed, blah, 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 I'd never go to anything. You can address that too and simply say, I'm not listening to that. That's not relevant to my decision right now. I'm not hearing that. Let people know how you need to live your life and you don't have to listen to that. You listen to you. So of course, the more you practice and condition your mind to react in this way as autonomously as possible, the quicker you will be able to make the right decision and give yourself what you need in the moment and in the long term. Again, shut out the guilt that can come from external pressures and even people, but understand you are in charge of this. It's your responsibility to ensure you are heard and that your feelings are communicated to other people to the best of your ability. Yes, we're tired, we hurt. It's still on you. This exercise is about you and you alone. You're rejecting the judgment, frustration, sadness, pity, or whatever else people want to give you about your life. Okay, that's hard to think about. It's hard to wrap our mind around. But the more that we practice, the more that we'll realize no one else gets that power. No one else should be allowed to talk you into choices that worsen your symptoms. And you're not responsible for other people's reactions to your life and illnesses. Don't put that burden on yourself. You are not. You're responsible for saying, I need this. I'm going to do this. This is my decision. Somebody else might go, oh, blah, 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 blah. So what? Go let him be a hothead. Who cares? It's not on you. It's not on you to control them. It's not on you to control their reaction or their feeling. You don't want that job anyway. You got your own job taking care of yourself. And you matter. So don't, don't forget that. Don't forget that you matter and that even if you have a chronic illness or a disability, you're not less than. You're not dis less than. You're great the way you are. You have some logistical health challenges that need management. You need incredible positive support to do that. That said, the entire SickBiz community is here for you. You may not move right into either parts of this exercise easily and cleanly. You do need people to lift you up and to help you. You do need to revisit these exercises time and again and practice them. Get more nimble, be more responsive more quickly. We all need to do this. We all need people. So I want to encourage you to reach out, 
join the Facebook community where the goal is to be honest about what is hurting us physically and emotionally in the sick biz group. Yes, we're allowed to share feelings, but we are encouraged not to stay there. We are encouraged to exercise control over our minds. And this overlaps into the physical feelings that we experience. We want to do this as much as possible and become a group of empowered people who are providing positive support that enables us all to move forward. Remember, this is not the regular hustle. That's okay. This is the sick hustle. It means you call the shots. You live your life. You make the plan that works in your best interest. I know you can do it. Ooh, that felt good, didn't it? Did that feel like you had a weight lifted? Do y'all feel lighter? I do. Anytime I, I stop and take a moment to go through and process my emotions, anytime we storytell and we share what works for us, it always feels so good. So I want to thank you for allowing me to share these pieces of my life with you. And I really hope they help you. I hope they help you gain clarity. I hope they help you to feel more offensive and not defensive or more in the offense and not being on the defense so much. Obviously, hashtag sportsing, that didn't go well. <laughs> Please let me know how you're doing. Reach out if you need support. Find us on Facebook, the Sick Biz Group. We're waiting for you. Now, before I let you go, can you pretty please do me a fave? Can you leave us a review on iTunes or any other platform where you can listen to podcasts like Sick Biz Buzz? Reviews are the lifeblood of guerrilla podcasts like ours. Don't be afraid to like and share either. Someone you know could benefit from one of our shows, and that is the entire goal of Sick Biz, to be there for each other together to be better. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.